Hi guys, K.O. here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. I am so excited today. We are welcoming Jody Krangle to the TNT mic. She has been a voice actor since 2007 and has worked with all major brands and is really forging some space in the audio industry. We talk about the importance of quality audio, uh, voiceovering, how to get into that world, and really the brain connection with audio and everything we hear and, and how it impacts the other senses. This is really a conversation that isn't talked about, but sound really impacts everything around us. This is a phenomenal conversation if you really haven't dug into how you're listening to things, what you're listening to, and how it impacts your decision making. It's a big one. Enjoy this conversation. Jody. thank you for joining me. I can't wait to catch up again soon. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and join us on YouTube where we have all the video coming right at you. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Uh, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm excited today. This is Podmax number two interview. Jody and I have, I think we've uh, orbited around the same uh, podcasting yeah. world. We finally have crossed paths. So without further ado, Jody Krangle, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm excited to talk about everything voice today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so Jody is a professional voice actor since 2007, which is a very long time. She's worked with major brands. She's a fellow podcaster. She's a music human. And before we <laughs> had jumped on the mic, we we're going to talk about just using your voice in general. This is something that I've certainly embraced becoming a podcaster, but just as growing up uh, in quotes uh, as a life skill. But tell us a little bit about your young self and kind of how we got to where we are now. Oh my goodness. It's a long road. <laughs> um, I love computers. I've always loved them. I got my first computer in 1986. <laughs> uh, Ahead of and the game. I, yeah, I grew up with them. It was when, I mean, when you didn't technically grow up with them. <laughs> this is before that happened. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I went from there uh, to the internet, 1995. I've been on the internet a long, long time. So I was actually doing SEO and internet marketing for a really long time before I decided to do voiceovers. And when I went into voiceovers, when I was so bored by internet marketing and SEO, because Google was it, that was the yeah. only thing remaining, <laughs> um, I looked on the internet to find find out what I needed to do. And I was very lucky to find some people that helped me get started. The voiceover community is a really, really wonderful, very much like podcast, the podcast community. They're wonderful people. And uh, I was lucky to get mentored by a few people who were very kind with their time and expertise. And uh, yeah, it uh, progressed from there. But I grew up in a musical family, so the idea of using my voice for a living, I it, it never, it, it took a while for it to percolate and actually become a career, but it had never not been a part of my thought process, put it that oh, way. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. So, and, and, yeah. and you can sing, I presume? I can. Yeah. That's, I, I know. Uh, you were just getting a shout out with the whole group. So I won't put you on the mic right now. Uh, but, but that is, that's kind of crazy how it probably manifested in a different way. But as you said, it was a part of your life from day one. And then mm -hmm. uh, here comes, you know, the internet, all things audio, podcasting becomes a thing. Like the voice yeah. is everything now. It totally is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the recorded voice is how you understand how you really sound. Because it's hard for you to understand how you sound to other people's ears unless you record. Yeah. <laughs> it's you... an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. I was going to say, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just going to, because for me, it's been okay. a journey, like listening to my own voice. I'm like, Ugh. do you get used to hearing your own voice? You do. Uh, and in voiceover, the thing is, it's not about what your voice sounds like. It's about what you do with it. So that's why people get coaching for this. You, you don't just start a career in voiceover and say, hey, I got a mic and a computer. I'm done. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> well, I think that actually could be an applicable quote for anything. It's not really how you sound. It's what you're Pretty doing much. With it. Like that, that's applicable to all the things. And so intentional, let's dig into the life piece a little bit because using your voice, getting into it from a more from a metaphorical standpoint and knowing what you're saying, being intentional with your words. I mean, you were doing this early on. Did you have like a, a mental connection of I'm using my voice like metaphorically and like literally I'm using my voice? Like when was the crossover point of like, oh, this is actually a really deep life skill? 
Well, uh, you know, I did the voiceovers for a while, but when I was first getting the inkling that this was a thing was in 1995 when I volunteered my time at the CNIB. So that's the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. And I was reading magazines onto reel-to-reel tape at the time wow. <laughs> um, just for, you know, people who couldn't read the, the magazines uh, so they could hear it instead. And it was really an interesting um, thing to do, you know, basically because it helped other people, but also it was a technological skill that I hadn't had any experience with and understood then that I could actually handle. (laughs) So it's nice to know that you can, you can actually be technical with this because I wear a lot of hats in my day. (laughs) I'm my own audio engineer. I'm my own voice actor. I'm my own bookkeeper. You know, I'm just like all of these things that we do as a business person, marketing, advertising, all of that stuff. Um, And yeah, it's knowing that you can be comfortable doing things that you didn't think you'd be able to do is a big part of forward thinking when it comes to being in a business. Absolutely. Well, as as entrepreneurs, you have to wear all the hats. You got to just be ready for the mental cardio and and constantly learning, which is, is, I think, a really good um, disguised skill set that just happens because you're Mm -hmm. like, well, shoot, I don't have a million dollar budget, so we're not hiring, you know, X studio to edit. Like you just start to pick these skill sets up. But it's also great because it keeps you in that young space, like a young human where you go to the playground and you try monkey bars and then you try the tire swing and you're not thinking, you're just learning. So it keeps us there. And that's definitely some yeah. days I'm like, it's mm, a helpful skill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, but I'm motivated. I'm like, okay, we're going to make a lot of money because I can't do this audio engineering anymore. And it's not good. Yeah. It's not as good as what need I need to pay to be. someone else. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, that's impressive that you were, I think I got on the internet. I got Facebook out of college in 2008. And I don't yeah. think I was on the internet until gosh, later in high school, I graduated in 99. So you were way ahead of the game. You saw MySpace, AOL, the dial up. Um, I had a Alta little Vista. bit of that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Was your family really good about buying computers or like how, cause like we had like five or six kids in elementary school that had computers, but it was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, my dad was always kind of bleeding edge tech. Like That's he awesome. just really loved that stuff. My mom, not so much. She didn't really care. She was more <laughs> of an artsy type, yeah. which was fine too. Uh, I She was an interior designer while I was growing up. So that's okay. another thing. I actually had my mother demonstrating to me that you could be an entrepreneur from a very early age because she was in her own business. So, you know, I had that shown to me and I saw things that went well and I saw things that failed. Yeah. <laughs> And recovered, they, you know, they recovered from both my parents. So, you know, you live and learn. Uh, but yeah, my dad's always loved computers. So he's always on to the next thing. <laughs> you, got, you guys were so ahead of the game. I said weird, but, but I mean, we were, the, unfortunately it was like you were the minority, but now you were like miles ahead. I remember this one kid showed up in like fifth grade with a tight paper and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, you don't need to do all that. We were like writing it in pen. And then if you mess up yeah. and the whiteout didn't look good, you'd rewrite the entire paper. So oh my goodness. Yeah. We've come a long way. <laughs> this is how old I am, but yeah. it's, it, it comes on. Is it really cool to like reflect and see how like your dad's mindset and world and your mom's mindset and world perfectly like merge to make you exactly what you are today? It's totally. I mean, we are who we who we are demonstrated to be. So the people yeah. who are around us, this is why they say you are who, you know, you are the five people you spend the most amount of time yes. with. They say that, right? When yes. you're growing up, that's your role models. You are being role modeled by your your parents and you see what they do and you emulate them or at least you understand how that works and maybe not how to emulate them. It just depends. Yes. But yeah, there's all sorts of things that I think that did set me up for very well. And I'm very appreciative. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I think we kind of become our parents no matter what. And I'm. some of it's conscious, some of it's unconscious. I do think you can unpack some stuff where you don't want it to be there anymore. But yeah. ultimately, yeah. like, even outside of personal traits, like their experience, their mindset kind of comes through us. So you can pull out that good and then just embrace all the gifts that are there. Yeah, 
And there are a lot of gifts. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. My parents were uh, very instrumental in making me who I am, you know, <laughs> good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. We'll I'll take them. it. I'll accept it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody's perfect. Well, I, I'm really nope. curious to know, you know, as the career is building and you're growing up now that you've got the business and you can be a professional on one side is using the voice and bringing that to the mic, like your personal experience, these life experience, your parents, does that come through the work as well, as far as using your voice? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I'm doing a voice project for anyone that I'm working with, my own life experience comes through in who I'm putting out on that recording. You know, yeah. uh, if you what a lot of what I do is acting in my head. Right. A lot of it is theater of the mind. And so we are the sum of everything we've experienced. And if you think that you can speak into a mic or record yourself doing something and not have that come through, you're kind of dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, you are who you are because of what you've experienced and your voice is going to reflect that. It's a very intimate and empathetic part of who you are. And that's how you relate to the world. I mean, this is why I do my own podcast because sound is powerful mm -hmm. and it's important and it allows us to hear who we are on a really visceral, emotional level. I think culturally we grow up thinking just present like put on the suit and tie put on the dress do what you gotta do and then present accordingly like I, I heard a quote the other day and this come up on a few of my casts I think it's just stuck in my brain but it's like keep the peace versus tell the truth and I think culturally that can go yeah. through a lot of cultures but you just show up in order and I, I think in America we are and we're still, obviously 2020 happened so we're breaking barriers thank goodness Mm -hmm. But it's like, just put it together and you don't have to connect the project with the soul. And I'm so glad when I hear people like you, like, no, you have to use the soul and you get to is that's the connection point. Like it shows yeah. up and that's how you connect with humans. It, has the business world been a little disconnected? Like I, I, in my, I work with some corporate situations and some like grassroots startups. Those are my favorite. And for me, the, the new age humanizing the brand is a little bit harder to sell in my big corporate situations because they're just used to wait. Do you to doing things a certain way? Do you see that in your business where it's like maybe your younger people or your startups get it and they're like put the soul with the message or is everybody kind of open to this humanizing of the, the brand? I think it really depends on what branch of advertising marketing you come from. There's okay. old school, there's new school, there's this is BS, this is not BS. You know, I just think that the younger generations are much less tolerant of BS. <laughs> and, yes. and I think that that comes through in a lot of different ways. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going after brand loyalty because you're expecting that to last forever. <laughs> right. um, it's, it's brand loyalty to a point. Right. Like you, you will buy this product because you heard good things and then you'll love it and you'll buy it again. But if someone else gives you a better deal and you want to try something else, you're going to try something else. <laughs> you know, it's not that's human nature, too. So I think we have to not fight against our human nature and not expect people to be loyal to a brand beyond a certain point. And I think that at some point we need to just own that and understand we're humans that's how advertising marketing works. It's, you know, brand loyalty to a point is what I will say. <laughs> well, and that's, that's a good thing because you got to keep the competition and then it keeps everybody oh, yeah. on their A game. It's not like you win the Super Bowl and you're just done forever. No, you show exactly. up to practice and then you get ready yeah. for the next year and you have got to like fine tune everything you were good at last year, but now it's this year. This, yeah. the, I've, an so important... being top of mind is important. That's really what's most important, being yes. top of mind. Things, yeah. have, things have just changed, though, because the consumer has adapted. Our young humans, as you said, are exposed to so much more. So much more is happening. And most people oh, don't yeah. stay at their job for 80 years or buy, drink one beer for, you know, 80 years. <laughs> like they switch it yeah. up. But that's new. Like that's, you know, I, I do think the older generations, just from a marketing perspective, like you get them set in one thing and they're going to do it that way forever. They'll buy the same brand. They'll live their life the same way. I just don't think that's the way things are done anymore. Yeah. You know what? I will say even for Gen X, like that's that's my generation, even for Gen X, we're, we're not that loyal. I mean, we're loyal to a point, like I said, you know, like, but we're human. And yeah. if something better comes along, we're going to try it out. That's but it, by being top of mind, by being in many different places and being heard, 
and being seen and heard. And that's the reason I talk about audio branding is because we're so inundated with so many messages these days. And a lot of them are visual because we're on the internet. That's we're seeing a whole lot of stuff. That's a lot of noise in the visual spectrum. And so when you actually hear some good audio, it cuts through. It actually reaches you. <laughs> yeah. Well, podcasting has taken off. Music has always obviously yeah. been a thing. But the the way we consume, it has changed. People, you know, through their commute, they can't read, they're driving a car, they're on the subway or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, it's taking off. And I agree with you. It's, it's a medium that I don't think we have looked into as much as we have right now. Uh, tell me, when, when did you start your business? Um, my, uh, my voiceover business started basically in 2007 and then it took a a couple of years to sort of get up to speed as, you know, making a viable living. It doesn't just happen overnight. (laughs) Oh, I know. Uh, Yeah. 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 I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah. So the, uh, the podcast started in November of 2019. So before the, the pandemic and, and I was already doing this kind of stuff and I think it's even more relevant now. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And Clubhouse is a thing and all of that <laughs> stuff, you know, like, yeah. It's, it, stuff is happening so fast. I was just reading an article that Clubhouse is like dramatically declining. And I think maybe some of the heat has gone off there. But, you know, you can only, I also read all headlines with like, take it as a grain of salt because you never really know and you don't really need to get caught, too caught up or too, yeah. it's, it's, hide it slow just i like to stay in the mix on all things but you were super ahead and again i always say god universe madonna we're right on time with having that experience starting at 2019 because i'm like you i started my podcast right around then and then all of a sudden everything shuts down and that's all we have like that was it so it was kind of beautiful to be in the mix as things were emerging did you see an uptick in business as because the pandemic you know it's it's strange um i actually had my best year last year Okay. And I, I can't really put my finger on exactly what caused that. Like, I, you know, I keep a good eye on my bookkeeping and I know where things are coming from. But I think the industries switched and then there was just more work. Yeah. Um, I used to do a lot of tourism and um, uh, hospitality work and casino work, that kind of thing. Uh, and that all dropped off to virtually nothing. Um, automotive dropped off a lot too, because you know a lot of people driving. are going to a car dealership and doing test drives, right? Like, so you know there are certain things that dropped off, but then the insurance industry, the finance industry, the healthcare industry—oh my God, these things exploded! And really, it depended on what kind of voice you had. So my voice is the middle-aged comforting warm voice that's you know not what you would call cool but you know you want to hear that when you want to talk about healthcare, right sure sure (laughs) so yeah yeah. so you 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 get put into a certain niche and then you know that's what you get hired to do and there was a lot of that work last year (laughs) so yeah, I mean, I'll take what I can get. It it worked yeah. out quite nicely in my favor. <laughs> well, I think there's a really powerful life message again here. I love how there is, you know, it's, it's about the work, but then the life skills and the life messaging is all there. I've read some of these like um, roles. I'm by no means an actress or anything like that, but just paying attention to industry, just from being in the marketing world, you read how some of these roles are on paper, like older middle-aged woman or like simple blonde, like some roles that I would potentially qualify for. I was just reading it as just sure. to get a laugh. And it's like, dang, you got to be able to read these descriptions and be like, I fit this. And it is, it's acting, but it's also like a very humble point of like, I am this and who cares? You get paid, you fill a role and and it, you're getting hired because that's likable. Like it it sells, like it's a good thing. So you almost have to unpack these identity pieces and see it on paper. What I love about voice acting as opposed to acting on film or in the theater is that you're not judged on your looks. Yeah, It really doesn't matter what you look like. It only matters what you sound like. And that's yeah. much more of a freeing proposition from an acting point of view. <laughs> I hear that. Because, you know, yeah. So I think that's part of why the voice acting community is so close knit, because it's not a matter of, you know, 
it's not a matter of scarcity because I'm not taking a job from someone else if I get the job and they don't. There's plenty of jobs to go around. They will get theirs and I'm not going to qualify for the job that they got. You know, we're all different. Our voices are so different. They are like individual snowflakes, you know, like, like fingerprints. You know, there is a very certain timbre and tone to each individual voice and there's a place for all of it. So you don't need to come at it from a point of scarcity you know it's all there everyone can share it's I'm happy for my colleagues when they get a job that I auditioned for it's you know I'll get the next one you yeah. know or whatever right well that's it's how all about what the writers is. yeah exactly it, it, it really is all about what people are hearing in their head what they're imagining in their head and how close you come to that so yeah, yeah. Well said. It's, I, I think we need to operate that way in general, particularly with females. Um, Cause like that cattiness, which I actually think is an old story that's starting to like die out where it's women against women and we can't support each other, what have you. And I, I still see it. I've coached uh, youth lacrosse forever and it happens with our guys too. But knowing that there's billions of people, people always say, oh, you started a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. And I'm like, well, maybe true. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you know, there's billions of humans. So if there's a million podcasts. That's still, you know, tons of people per podcast. Like there's no need to really operate. I think in your mindset from anything from a point of scarcity, there's really enough to go around in general on all levels. It's very true. And as far as podcasting is concerned, I always look at, at it as if 50 people are listening to my podcast on a regular basis, I'm happy with that. <laughs> That's 50 people who are understanding what I'm talking about and getting my message and they it might help them. And that's fine. I don't care if it's 50 people or 5 million people. <laughs> yeah, it's point of impact. You never know that ripple effect of how it exactly. changes. And then that one person that heard your voice, maybe they go on to be Oprah or whatever. And it's always yeah. quality over quantity anyway. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I mean, you never know. We're at, we're putting that person messages. goes on to be an Oprah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if you can believe it or dream it, I'm I'm in that space of like it will start to happen. And I, I do got to give you a nod. Like you said, you don't have to get judged uh, visually, like in acting. But I still think you do get. You got to be a secure human to even put your voice oh, yeah. out there because that's still a point of judgment. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah. And and certainly when a voice actor puts themselves out there as a professional, you have to know to, you know, how to do with your voice what you need to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, that is a, that comes from coaching and it comes from experience. And that's, you know, that's life. <laughs> yes. The metaphors are everywhere. I love all this. Yeah. Um, well, you said you had your best year last year. I'm curious. Your energy is great. You seem very grounded. Do, have you done or taken time in your own world to just do like manifestation or personal work or energy? Do you think maybe you dialed in something last year that pre presented this platform for you to have your best year ever, regardless of a pandemic? You know, I, that's a good question. And I, I don't know that I'm much of a, a, a goal setter. I, I don't tend to make vision boards or anything like that. And for me, mostly what it is, is I don't want to limit myself because like you get to that, you know, financial goal and then what next? Like, I don't want to stop at that point. I don't want to like, you know, be striving to get there. And then when I get there, it's like, well, what now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just want to have no upper limit and just go as far as I can instead of, you know, putting a number on it. So for me, that's a lot of what I tend to do. I tend to not like rules in that sense. I'm so with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, at the same time, when I was doing my podcast on audio branding and talking about the power of sound, I did a deep dive into ASMR. And I don't know if you know what this is. I know EMDR. It, uh, is it close? No, ASMR is um, autonomous meridian sensory response. Okay. So it's it's actually what it is is it it puts you into a meditative state. So different people have different triggers. The reason that I even got interested in this was because IKEA in 2016 used it in a commercial. And when I heard the commercial, it was this woman like moving her hand over over a sheet and the sound that was happening, and she was tapping on lamps and whispering. And I was like, what the heck is this? I have no idea what's going on here. But it was for college students at the time. And it wasn't for me. So my getting it really didn't matter. But I wanted to deep dive into what this meant for the advertising industry. It was a different way of using sound. And when I did that deep dive, I discovered ASM artists, people who do this on a regular basis, and everyone has different triggers. There's all sorts of different things. But for instance, I'll liken it to when you watch a friend draw, 
on a on a page, like actually drawing something and you're watching them and they're either drawing you or something nearby and you sort of get this little tingle in that top of your head, you know, you're like, that's kind of cool. And, and I like watching that. And, you know, um, that's that's the the brain tingles that come from watching ASMR of various sorts. I mean, and like I said, everyone has different triggers. So that kind of thing can put you into a relaxed meditative state and lessen your anxiety a lot. It doesn't work for everybody. So I'm not saying this is like, you know, everybody's solution. But for me, I find it helps me sleep. It helps lessen my anxiety. And watching these videos, if you look over on YouTube and you search ASMR, you'll find tons of stuff. And I just find it very relaxing to watch. So if I need like a peaceful moment, I'll sit with a video and have my headphones in and, and listen to the sounds and watch the movements on the screen. And it just, it's very calming. It's very, it it just makes the day better. <laughs> I love this. Well, that's really, um, it's, it's always so funny. We can jump into a conversation. It's about audio marketing, branding, and then you get into this like whole deeper level. Like you're like, I didn't know this world existed. And this conversation yeah, around healing. the brain. Yeah. It's, we healing don't. through and, sound. In our yeah. culture, we don't talk about the brain enough. Things are happening, you know, with football injuries and mental health. And fortunately, mm -hmm. through my work, I've been exposed to EMDR or neural performance type stuff, uh, brain mapping, and just understanding some of these deeper conversations. Pretty surface level. I'm, I'm not on the level that you are exposure. But I, I just understanding our brains and how it works and some of these little things that sound like I can relax, what have you. But that gets you away from potentially like alcohol or stress oh, yeah. or it's a, a healthy coping mechanism and it's a simple solution. And oh, it's super simple. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a deeper science that we just haven't been exposed to yet. But it's it's miraculous how some of these things, like you question a better way. It's what I say on turmeric and tequila. When you question it, you can find like these really deep solutions, but they're really simple and it navigates and streamlines your process to a better state without mm -hmm. all these other steps. Yeah, yeah. There is a, there is so much to it. Healing with sound is such a huge market, a, a huge study, actually. Um, and I mean, we're talking about tone therapy. We're talking about binaural beats. We're talking about, um, I talked with a woman who was a shamanic sound healer from Australia on my podcast. That was really interesting. Wow. Um, I've talked with a fellow who does tone therapy um, and someone who did binaural beats. And um, I'm hoping to talk to a uh, um, uh, I guess he's, I'm, I think he's a college professor, actually. And he talks about how the sounds in a hospital are actually keeping us injured and killing us because the sounds in a hospital are scary and annoying and keep us from sleeping. And they don't need to be that way. So there are so many applications that this has in the wider spectrum of our human experience. And I think it's all worth exploring. Oh, I, I completely agree. And we, even if you don't know the science, when you walk into a hospital and you hear like a buzzing sound, like you mm -hmm. immediately go to like death or trauma or I mean, just like without knowing the science, you you get a weird feeling like, like I don't like hospitals or airports really. Um, yeah. Just something about the busyness and I'm kind of an energetic wild animal. And even for me, it's like a lot. So I couldn't imagine if that's not your space. Um, is there something that's around? I, I was, I think it was tom cruise or somebody but like maybe it was scientology i might go off a cliff here but we're okay. ideally having a uh, a water birth or so, so the initial sounds in the centuries of the baby like it impacts it um throughout its life is there any conversation around that am i making things up right here you know i haven't heard of it that doesn't mean it's not okay. taking place okay. i'm sure that i'm sure that it does uh, you know i mean women play music to their baby when they're in the stomach right like that's that's what happens like mothers know right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and i think it is important that the hearing is the first thing a, a baby has experience of like that's really one of the first senses you ever experience in your mother's womb yeah so like it's, you know, our, our ears are a miracle. I talked with an audiologist on my uh, podcast as well just recently. Uh, her name is Dr. Lilath Saperstein, and she had a lot to say about that. Uh, she actually works with kids specifically and with their parents, helping them understand how to support their kids who may have hearing disabilities. So it's, uh, it's quite something. If you go through the actual like diagram of what we need to have happen for our ears to work, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
I, again, I don't know the science and I was, I think I was merging like probably something I heard of entertainment tonight and then some science documentary I was watching. But I do think when it's something around the child being bored, your initial thing that you hear is impacting. Mm -hmm. um, but just like you said, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Even the equilibrium, like our balance from our ear and it's just conversation we really haven't heard about. Do you implement some of this science in this new age conversation in your, in your business and in your work? Um, in my personal life, yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't have kids, so I, I, I didn't have any of that birthing instant stuff. But, I don't either. Um, That's probably why I sound so ignorant yeah. and asking the question. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's, I, I don't think that that is um, a, a, a bad assumption. I think it probably has been explored. Um, sure. Not something that I've done in detail with my own podcast, but who knows? Who knows? Now we can um, manifest but that. I think yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think it is an important conversation. What are the first sounds that a baby hears and how does that affect the rest of their life? I think that's a good question to ask. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> well, it's cool that you can have the professional side and it's, it's you know, it kind of is what it is. But then you have the podcast where you can like dive deep into these conversations and then that can in turn supplement the business. Yeah, yeah. And and really, when I started this, it was so that I could have conversations with the people who might actually be my clients. I wanted to talk with the creative directors and the ad people and the filmmakers and the content creators who used voiceovers on a fairly regular basis and ask them how sound impacted their life and find out more about them. So I was just fascinated by that. But as I went along, it just became this deeper dive into how sound influenced is not only what we buy, but our whole life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really does. It influences everything. You can influence what you taste by what you hear. It's amazing how our senses work together. <laughs> well, again, the and, brain, yeah. we, we don't talk about the brain and um, it, it just how it all works together. Is there one common denominator in all your interviews that you've pulled out where, it, where it's kind of like, oh, they had one experience or is there one thing that like kind of bonds all these conversations with these marketing directors and whatnot? You know, I usually ask, I, I've kind of started asking this question a little more frequently. I ask people what their first experience with sound was and how it moved them. And, and that's a really interesting conversation to have to start off with because everyone has a different experience, but it really hits them hard with all of them. It, it influenced their entire life and how they look at the world. So I, I think it's an important question because sound really does influence everything we do. <laughs> yes. Well, I have to ask him, what was your first experience with sound? Well, uh, I think I've told this story before, but uh, my parents didn't give us, my sister and I, my sister's two and a half years younger than I am. Um, my sister and I didn't have story time when we were growing up. We had sing-along time. So my parents, my mother is a singer and my dad played guitar and piano by ear. And so my mom would sing and my dad would pick up the, the guitar and sit on the edge of the bed. And my sister and I and all, the whole family would like sing together. And we'd do that in the car when we were traveling. And like uh, we always sang together. It was like one of those things like wow. that was the musical experience that our family had together. And that was pretty constant. So I love it because it's always been a part of my life and and i can't imagine what it would be like without it <laughs> that's amazing that's like a movie all i'm thinking is like thank god my parents didn't we're like let's sing because we're not singers we're athletes thank goodness <laughs> i'm so glad we had story time because it would have been like i think traumatic for our adulthood to be like uh, we grew up singing and then we'd sing and we'd be like that american idol contest and we're like okay go like you're part of the real that <laughs> makes fun of everyone it's, it's you know bad. it's always just it, it's always just been a part of our life and you know everyone yeah. every family has a different experience yeah. but my my sister's also a singer so so she also got that part of it too but my dad's father played piano by ear and if you listen to the way that my grandfather played and my dad played and then I played by ear for a while different sensibilities because of different um, generations, different ways of playing the piano because you're hearing different music. Sure. It was a really fascinating study for me. That was like demonstrating the power of sound right there because what we're hearing is what we're reproducing. And so listening to the differences was eye-opening you know i thought it was really fantastic that's a, that's i mean that's a whole podcast in itself and i don't know if that's like is, ge yeah. generational narrative maybe of what you're experiencing yeah. but i'm curious do you guys listen to different music like are you like hip-hop and they're classical or is there different tastes 
Well, my grandfather was listening to big band when he was growing up. So that's, you know, big band jazz. Like, so that was kind of his sensibility. My dad was listening more to Joni Mitchell and Stevie Wonder and and, uh, Billy Joel and that kind of stuff. And I loved that music growing up too. Um, And myself... I mean, um, I don't know if you know who David Foster is, but uh, he was a, yeah, so so he did a lot of piano instrumentals and he had that particular ring-like ding piano sound that he used to use all the time. And I was emulating him when I was growing up. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. That was kind of, yeah, like, you know, I was always kind of like an easy listening kind of kid as opposed to, and then when I got older, it was like R.E.M. and U2 and, you know, all that that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah, I just watched, well, not just, but like a few months ago, watched the documentary, um, David Foster's documentary. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I'm a big documentary nerd, but fascinating how much he had his hand on things. And I'm with you that yeah. the sound, like the, the soundtrack to our life is so impactful. Like I, when you said, what was your first sound? I'm jogging my memory. I'm like, oh God, I don't know that I know, but I know like my first tape because we're that old. Um, and yeah. like how <laughs> I, w- I would listen to every single word in long mm-hmm. road trips and like how that was defining my reality. It's it's incredible. Do you feel, I got I started my podcast because I come from marketing and branding and I felt this heavy responsibility to start telling the truth. Not that as marketing and branding professionals, we lie about stuff, but you see how many smoke and mirrors are out there and our young people oh, yeah. are digesting these mediums earlier and earlier. Did you feel a sense of responsibility knowing how powerful audio is um, to start telling the truth and get on the mic and, and kind of represent more of the conversation that people don't normally hear about, no pun intended? You know, no, you know, when I started out, no. <laughs> when I started out, I just wanted to have a podcast and see how it went. <laughs> Acceptable. That's fair. I think that's most people. I just I just wanted to start it and see what happened. <laughs> but as I went along and I started getting out of just the advertising marketing end of things and into more of the, you know, brain deep dive and how it affects our lives, I really got fascinated myself. I got drawn in and I was like, hey, I want to learn more about this. Let's have this person on. <laughs> Yeah. You know, really, it's it's a it's a journey for me as well. I don't consider myself an audio branding expert. I consider myself a facilitator and a guide. And I, I prefer leading people to the ideas that this presents as opposed to putting myself forward as some kind of expert in the field because I interview people with audio branding companies who do this on a regular basis and I want to give them the platform. It's not yeah. for me, <laughs> you know, because people need to know about this. <laughs> yeah. What I think old school, though, they'd be like, nah, they don't need to know. Just sell it to them. Just get it done. Like, it it doesn't matter. The new consumer now, kiddos can see it on YouTube. They can find out where you live, what you did, why you started your company, what your political views are. I mean, the transparency is on another level. So I'd love to hear when it comes from heart space, not from like, oh, we better tell the truth because we're going to get caught. But of like, this is a really important conversation. And I think you all need to see what's really going on here and welcoming people to the table because I think our kiddos really want to know. I think they care and I think they want to understand these conversations. Yeah. Well, you know, even in voiceover, and this has become a big trend as well, probably within the last five years or so, the the people who are listening to ads right now, and I mean listening, right? If they're hearing a voice, they want that voice to actually be connected to what they're speaking. They want that voice to be authentic, to be speaking to them. And if you are not authentic in this world right now, you are irrelevant. That's really the the bottom line, you know, you have to be yourself or no one's going to want to hear what you have to say. (laughs) And that's such a great thing because it allows you to be yourself, whatever that that actor card says for voice or real acting, like that's okay. Like there's no stigma around like, you know, dumb blonde that's on the microphone, whatever. And it's like, we'll we'll take out the dumb part, but everything else (laughs) we'll we'll go with, but it's it's okay to be you. And if someone else labels you a certain way, like whatever you, but being authentic and then showing your up. show isn't for them yeah exactly and it is for you tune in no it is yeah it's we have a, i think we do have an eclectic audience but you probably yeah. either love my voice or you're like eh, we're gonna go on to the next thing and that's completely okay but now in this day and age it's really beautiful to be however you are that authenticity mm-hmm. pays dividends so just stop doing all the extra just show up yeah yeah exactly 
I and I think it. it's really important because we need to relate to each other as human beings, yeah. especially now. <laughs> yes. The, the, well, the, the prim, po polished, like put together, super edited, it doesn't work anymore and it doesn't sell. And it's, and this is where I was saying earlier with the, my companies, um, my big ones that have always done a certain way, they've always worked with marketing companies and they polish it so much. I'm like, I promise you, you got to humanize this. And they've not agreed and then come back and been like, Okay. Yeah. We, we get it now. We've received. Can I just qualify that just a tiny, tiny yes. bit? Because from an audio perspective, not tidying up your audio, and I'm not talking about removing the ums and and you knows and whatever. I'm leave those in, whatever. But I'm saying if your audio does not sound good, there's a problem. Yeah. There is a problem because it's going to be ear fatigue. It's going to be hearing fatigue for your audience. So yes totally be authentic and don't over edit but have good audio because people will tune out if you don't <laughs> yeah that has been one of my number one struggles if you listen and i've left all my podcasts out there just so that people can see oh, i like have the two yeah the beginning yeah. to the to right now and there's still a long way to go <laughs> yeah. Damn, the audio is so hard. And I had like the right equipment yes. and this and that, but adjusting it. I finally shout out to my audio engineer, Theon. He he works miracles from whatever I send him, but it's it's a process. So I completely agree with what you're saying. The message will be lost if the audio is garbage. If you don't figure exactly. it out, get yourself a good human. Call <laughs> call her and yeah. then be like, listen, I need some help. Like Jody, save this. So <laughs> I actually have an uh, audio editor of my own for my own show. His name is Umberto Franco, and he's a fellow voice talent from from Portugal okay. and he does an awesome job on the show and in fact it's funny when I'm interviewing people I'll say if you say something that you just want him to take out just say Umberto this can go you know call him out talk to him yeah, <laughs> yeah he loves I love it, it. <laughs> I, well, I try and tell my guests I'm like listen this is I want it to be like the conversation like someone sitting in the room a lot of shows and this oh. might just be my personal preference when I hear it's chopped up and like things are taken out I almost feel like the conversation was controlled and and as a consumer, I'm like, what? I wanted to hear that, or I don't, I don't, I, something about that control turns me off big time. And I yeah. have a lot of ums and ahs, and I let it be. So I don't, again, I think maybe it's just a matter of preference, but I do think quality audio, audio is, is critical. Yep, definitely. <laughs> All right, we got about 10 minutes. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the business and what you have going on right now, which you're excited about? Uh, sure. I mean, I'm always excited about voiceovers. That's what I do. I am mostly in the commercial and corporate narration sector. So I do, um, you know, those uh, anthem videos that you see on on uh, company websites. You know, this is who we are and we're proud. I love yes. those. I love those. Those are so much fun. Um, but I do a lot of commercials and I, I work in healthcare and insurance and finance. And, and I still love the tourism and hospitality and all of that, the casino work, all of that stuff, which is starting to come back. Back, thankfully yes. <laughs> um, so that's really good but that is what I do on an everyday basis and th that's where my passion lies the podcast is um, uh, it's quite kind of an outreach from that so just to understand what the larger spectrum of what I was contributing to was all about so audio branding is a whole bunch of different audio touch points for a business and my voiceovers are just one small part of that I wanted to learn more which is why I started it in the first place and it's become a little deeper than I thought it would but I'm loving it <laughs> as it does well if you're this is kind of like a very niche community I mean I think once you dive into something you see how big it is and how much it's probably in your world we just don't know that it's there if someone's yeah. listening to this and they kind of want to get in the game what is the, what's a good step one I mean you I know you kind of grew up in it and it, it sounds like you're intentional but like the world was kind of within your world anyways if someone wanted to get in how do they get into the audio branding or voiceover business uh, you know, I would say that, uh, well, I mean, it uh, depends on where you are in social media. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of Facebook groups, but I know that not everyone is on Facebook at the moment and, and that's okay. Um, follow people on Twitter. Go to LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn is a really good resource for that kind of thing, especially business-wise, because that's where business is done, right? It's less, I mean, it is a social network, but it's assumed that it's a business social network. Yeah. So that's a great place to check. There are groups there. I don't know how, you know, often they're used. <laughs> uh, but yeah, re reach out to people who you think could give you some instruction. I would say for voiceover, go to a website called voiceoverextra.com. It's voiceoverxtra.com. 
And that will give you sort of an overview of the whole voiceover industry and what it involves and the various hats you'll have to wear. And uh, yeah, that's that's really, as far as the audio branding area is concerned, I would look specifically for episodes of mine that have been with audio branding companies. And, uh, and there have been quite a few of them. I, I know audio branding companies from the States, from Canada, from India, from Europe, all over. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, Germany, especially. Uh, that's where the International Sound Awards started and the Audio Branding Academy began. So there's like a lot going on in the industry. And yeah just search on the internet <laughs> i was gonna say there's a whole world out there i didn't know i could just pull back the curtain and there's like a million yeah. resources well and i, I yeah. want to put now that 2020s happened in lifestyle like i think a lot of more people want to work from home this is a job or passion i should say you can do from anywhere is that correct oh yeah 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 you just need to make sure that you have a treated space if you're doing voiceovers especially yeah. but i think it helps for podcasting too <laughs> yeah I've, i'm in my home studio and that's another thing we've tried to learn like the, the sound panels and then like this i mean there's so much to know so there is <laughs> Lean into for your a voice actor too there's a lot to learn yes yeah <laughs> Man, I've, i i th i think all things are on time but i'm like i'm late to the game to be learning some of this stuff so i hope this conversation can hit the right humans that are interested podcasting or voiceovers yeah. or whatever, um, or just using your voice, it can hit the right people because it's really an important conversation, everything around the brain and mm -hmm. the way the, the voice path has interjected into like humanizing the brand, using your voice and now your professional uh, situation. It's kind of cool how it's all gone together. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly um, a fun way to make a living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and working from anywhere, I think is so huge. Is there anything coming yeah. up or anything you want to share with the audience uh, that we need to look out for? Um, I would say that, um, uh, follow the podcast and you'll see what I'm up to pretty much. Uh, if it's okay to mention the website, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. That, that was my next question. Where do we find you? Okay. Uh, the voiceovers are at voiceoversandvocals.com. So that's where you'll find the voiceover stuff. And my podcast is off of that. But if you want to get directly to it, it's audiobrandingpodcast.com and that'll get you to everything you need. <laughs> I love that. It's so important. Obviously, the passion, the skill set, and your perspective you're bringing to the mic to share with young people, old people, whatever age, of questioning mm -hmm. a better way, seeing the depths of audio and how it impacts our personal lives, and then the marketing and branding with the bigger companies and how that impacts humanity. Um, so this is these are some powerful roles. I'm glad that we have good humans like you, kind of shape shifting what what's going on in our world around us. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's important for companies to be aware of how the sound that they put at, you know, along with the logo they're using. Yeah. What's the sound they're using for their company? Because that's what's really going to hit people emotionally. Sound is how we make emotional context. Mm -hmm. It's how we get our emotional context. And you can't really reach someone on a deep, visceral, heart-based um, way unless you're using sound as well as other stuff, but sound is really important to that. I like how you put in those like really digestible tips uh, in one of your materials about, you know, th the music that you have in a retail space can influence buying. And on one side, as a as a retailer, you want to know, so you have the right music. And on the flip side, as a consumer, you want to be like, mm, am I getting manipulated into buying something I don't really want? Like there's two sides to it. So I think that you got to go check out what all of Jody's information because there's a wealth of knowledge on there, regardless if you're a consumer or retailer, or you have mission to be in voiceovers or not. There's a, t a wealth of information just as a human that are, it's, it's really good life pro tips. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Is there one big one you want to share with the audience before we go? Uh, like a, a life tip or, well, or an interesting life, fact well, about sound or yeah, what? Yeah, life tip. I know I just threw you like a, a huge ball there. Um, <laughs> uh, you could go with life pro tip or just one of the tips, even that were on the sheet that people don't know about sound or wouldn't otherwise know without you telling them. Well, I mean, uh, um, my interview with Steve Keller is one of the ones that I I call back to a lot because Steve is the sonic strategy director for um, Sirius XM and Pandora and all of those people. Stitcher, I think as well. Um, they have a studio, Studio Resonate is their ad agency, I believe. And they're doing a lot of innovation, innovative stuff with sound. But he's done some studies in science, like with in, con, in concert with, you know, scientific uh, people who actually have the degrees and all of that stuff. Um, and uh, they've really been looking into how sound affects us in healthcare, 
but also how our other senses are affected by sound. So as I mentioned really briefly before, you can actually influence what you taste by what you hear because all of this is tied in together. So if you, for instance, have someone who is a diabetic who can't have sweet, you, depending on what they hear, like a, a song or a sound or something like that, they could experience sweet with something that wouldn't necessarily always be that sweet. Um, or you could, if you want to use sustainable foods and you want to give it more of a crunch, you know, because that's more attractive to people eating this food, you could play a certain song or a sound or something like that and make people experience a more emphasized crunch, right? So there's like all sorts of ways you can use this. It influences everything in our lives and all of our senses work together. So trying to just use one instead of the other isn't as productive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's, the, oh man, we'll have to reconnect. I think that's like a whole conversation in itself. And like there's, <laughs> there's a it, lot. Yeah. I mean, the, the depth of knowledge and the impact that you got to be aware of is it's in depth. Um, if you okay. listen to no other episode of my entire podcast, I really recommend those two, uh, the two parter with Steve. That's, that's one of the, one of the best ones still. And that's like 19. I'm up to 82 now, I think. Oh, but Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's, yeah. I mean, you got some really big guests early on. That's amazing. I was lucky. Um, I'm a Pandora voice talent, so I actually do okay. work with them. So I knew a couple of the people there. And one person who heard that I was doing this podcast reached out to me and said, would you like to talk to Steve? And I was like, yes, thank you. That's huge. <laughs> By all means. Yeah, it was pretty huge. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he was a great guest. Yeah. Well, all things, I mean, they say luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So I think you were right on time with stuff. And it's really cool to see how <laughs> podcasting is becoming such a medium. I'm starting to get people to reach out as well. And because yeah. they, they see the value in it. And, and we're still new as podcasters, not even judging our level of talent or how good we are. It's just like an evolving thing, but it's literally gone from like zero to a hundred in a year. And now people are understanding oh, yeah. the power of it. So that's a big yeah. nod. It is huge. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're going to get the warning. Um, check out what Jody has going on. I love hearing this power in audio. And then we have really great, responsible humans on the mic, understanding the power of what's going on before all of us civilians really can learn to understand. My last thing, we literally have one minute. I, I forgot to do this on my last cast, but I ask everybody what's their chill and what's their thrill, like their turmeric and their tequila. Really quick, mm -hmm. Jody, what's your, what's your chill and what's your thrill? Um, my chill is just silence. I, I'm just, I like sitting in peace and quiet and that's good for me. <laughs> yeah, that's Being still, that's um, good for everybody, but hats yeah. off for you mastering that. Yes. Peace. You know, that's my introversion in play there. Um, and, uh, uh, my thrill that's, you know, um, I would, oh, that's, that's a good question. I would say talking with humans okay, because <laughs> it doesn't happen all that much right now in person. <laughs> I yeah. wish it would. And I miss that. Um, but again, I, I have to be limited with that because I, I can't just be in social situations all day and not have a moment to step back and have my chill. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's a mix of both. <laughs> okay. Well, the balance, the turmeric and the tequila. Exactly. You nailed yep. it. Well, I appreciate the time and energy. I can't wait to see how things grow. I will definitely check out um, the episodes you suggested on your on your podcast. And um, let's keep in touch. Definitely. Yeah, appreciate it. This is great. Thanks, Jody. <laughs> we'll chat soon. Bye. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.